All right. So we've been talking about discernment. So uh, last week we stopped off in the book of James, right? We stopped off by James saying, "Not don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a what? A doer of the word. And, and I told you uh, that word, when he says you are diluting or deceiving yourself, I told you it has the idea of plagiarizing. Am I right about it? And oftentimes we find that there are people who are plagiarizing their Christian journey. When you hear the word and don't apply the word to your life, amen, you are literally, what? Plagiarizing the word of God, amen? In other words, it's not original. It's not your thought. It's somebody else's, hello somebody, amen? And so oftentimes we don't see that, um, you know, we don't, we, we, because we're not applying the word of God, we're not developing discernment. Amen. Now, you have to be very careful of people who say they have discernment. I think it came up last week. You know, uh, oh, well, the Spirit told me something, or I just discern. Sometimes it's your feelings. Sometimes it's what you're going through in your own life. You're talking about, I feel a negative aura in the place. That, that ain't got nothing to do with discernment. That means you just got a bad spirit. Amen. And so, amen. Now, there are some people that let off some bad auras now. Amen. But, but being that we're in the body of Christ, we ought to have the spirit of God. Hello, somebody. And wherever the spirit of God is, there is liberty. Are y'all with me? And so tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit. We want to continue talking about this. You have your, what is biblical discernment and why is it important, right? I told you with biblical discernment, you develop a what? A biblical what? Worldview. And what is a worldview? You have to look at everything through the lens of scripture. You have to look at your life through the lens of scripture. That's, that's the definition for a worldview. Write that down. Okay, you're looking at your life through the lenses of Scripture. So if, I, if something negative just happened to me, I have to say, okay, God, how do I look through the Scriptures to see, amen, what's going on in my life? If I don't look at it through the lens of the Scripture, I'm going to always be defeated. The problem with most of us is that we don't see it through the lens of Scripture all the time even though we hear the word every week. Amen. It's amazing because the, the first thing that needs to, be, needs to change in a believer's life is their heart. If your heart is not changed, it's going to be very difficult for you to apply the word of God to your life. Are you with me? Are y'all with me? All right. So tell me what you've learned about discernment so far. I connect Bible study tonight. Come on. And thank you for those watching online, online. What you've learned so far about discernment. We've discussed a lot of things together. Huh? All right. To, to, to be able to what? Learn between what? Truth and what? Error. Okay. Know what's right from wrong. Okay. Anybody else? 
Discuss, now, Sister V, you brought something up. We talked about last week about understanding that in order for us to develop discernment, not only that, but in order to live for, with a biblical worldview and to have encouragement, I gave you an assignment last week. What was the assignment that I gave you last week? All right, two promises, not two scriptures. So what were, did you do it? All right, what was it? What was your promise? What, the, what were the promises that you stood on last week? All right, very good. So, sir, give a hand. That's powerful. That's powerful. I'm doing my job as a teacher. Amen. Go ahead. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all my heart. All right, anybody else? Would you stand on that promise? No, I ain't talking about a minute. I'm talking about what I asked you to do last week. Find two promises and stand on it, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Uh, what'd you say? See how back door you see, see what I'm saying? I want you to find a fresh promise. Amen. Find a fresh promise. Two promises. I want you to do the same thing this week. All right, and stand upon that promise. Let me see, sister, sister, right here. What'd you say? What'd you do? Huh? Uh huh. Okay. All right. Don't just get good with being a student. All right. Sister Rowe, come on. No, 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 no. What did you stand on last week? I told you to get two. I can do all. Okay, all right. Now, now here's, here's the problem with that passage. That passage is not for the people. That passage, that passage is for the pastor. The pastor. That's a pastor passage. Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's because Paul was writing to the Philippian church and they wasn't taking care of him. And he said, listen, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the principle is there, but I want you to grab you a promise that God made to you. That's a principle more than the promise. See, the principle there, the principle there for the people, you for the people you can grab the principle but for the pastor, that's a promise. You, you with me? See, see, you got to understand when you're reading passages and you're taking it for, to, to be a promise, you got to make sure that the promise is for you in this dispensation. Are y'all with me? That word dispensation means in this time, the way God is dealing with us. All right. So I want you to find two more promises next week. Right. Put it in block letters in your notes. Amen. Matter of fact, text yourself. Amen. Or email yourself. Do something. Amen. And say, get this done. This is important for you. All right. And so what we talked about is that the Christian uh, discernment is the ability to what? Decide between truth and error and what? Right and wrong. Discernment is a process of making a careful distinction 
in our thinking about truth. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about tonight. I want to talk about tonight with developing discernment about what I call the stage of truth. The stage of truth. All right? The stage of truth. If you're going to develop discernment, right, on the stage of truth, there are four things that you have to look at in order to ask yourself a question, am I developing discernment or am I just going through the motions? Y'all with me? And so one of the things on the stage of truth that you have to look at, the first thing I would say is it's tradition. Amen. A lot of us, we, we have framed our truth and everything in our lives according to tradition. See, tradition. And I'll show you something here in a minute. Uh, the next thing is emotion. All right? We're, we are emotional people. So our discernment comes from a position, not just tradition. For instance, you come to church with tradition, right? And let's just say um, the communion table is not covered. Then you may say, you may have a discernment to say, oh, well, the spirit of God is not in that place. That's, that's incorrect. <laughs> See what I'm saying? It's incorrect. That's, that's because you're basing your discernment on what you traditionally have done, oh, I'm talking to somebody, and now you're making a doctrine out of it, and you're saying that, oh, I feel some kind of way because God doesn't reveal something to me. See, stage of truth, we all have it. I'm going to show you something here in a minute. So that's tradition. Then we have what? Emotion. All right? We base it on how our emotions Emotions, how I feel. You feel what I'm saying? You have to be very careful when you're discerning. You know, I may come up to this person right here, and, 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 and she may look like, like she just cut her eyes on me just now right there. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? You know, and you may, you may you, because I'm an emotional person, I take that the wrong way. I say, well, she got a bad spirit. I ain't fool. I discern that. Now, there's some things you can discern without having no, you know, you know, clues. But what I'm saying is if your stage of, first of all, how do you define truth? Jesus says, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Now watch this. Truth is found in scripture. Matter of fact, God is the one that defines truth through the word of God. So this is why I told you before we got to this point, there's a lot of dynamics I'm bringing into this study. So just bear with me, okay? And, and watch this. You have a worldview. You have the promises, okay? Right? But now you got to ask yourself a question. How do you define truth? Uh, on, on, in your life, on the stage of truth in your life, Truth is, truth has a stage in your life. How do you discern truth? Is it tradition? Is it emotion? Well, watch this. You ready for the next one? Experience. Oh, I felt the spirit. 
Because the choir sung just so phenomenal. But, but the person that delivered the word wasn't really preaching the word, but you got all what? Excited about it, right? Because you were basing truth on an experience. All right? Got to be careful with discernment. It can trick you. It can fool you. All right? But watch the last one. They, they kind of close, okay, because it has to do with your feelings. But an experience is more, I, I, I'm experiencing something. Okay, the atmosphere is set. This is how a lot of people get caught up into false doctrine. All right, you want me to give you an example? Here's an example. You come to church, the choir sings great. It is pandemonium up in there. Some of you have been to these kinds of churches. The pastor gets up. All right, y'all. The spirit of God was so high, let's just give and go home. You didn't get a word. And if you don't get a word, come on, somebody, out of that experience that you just had, then guess what? Guess what? You didn't get nothing. See, now, I have no issue with worship. I believe we need that experience on Sunday morning. But don't base everything on just the experience. Amen. We all need to experience God, but we need to experience him biblically. You with me? Because God has put in the scriptures what he wants from our lives. Come on, say amen. Amen. Now, now I'm moving you out of your comfort zone now. So tradition, emotion, experience, and the last one is scripture. Yes, scripture. Now, if your, if your discernment on the stage of truth in your life is based upon scripture, you're going to hit it a hundred times. You're going to hit it 100 every time. And then you can have the experience. Then you can have the emotion. Then you can have the what? The tradition. Amen. But I want to show you something. Go to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Amen. I'm about to get down so y'all can start discussing this. All right? Look at verse, verse 1. Look what it says. The Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered around him. And when they, came, when they had come from Jerusalem and had seen that some of the disciples were eating their bread with impure hands, that is unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they carefully washed their hands, thus observing the what? The traditions of what? Of the elders. And when they... When they come from the marketplace, they did not eat unless they cleansed themselves. And they are, and there are many other things which they have received in order to observe, such as the washing of the cups, the pitchers, and the copper pots, right? Verse 5, the Pharisees and the scribes ask him, why do your disciples not walk according to what? Of the elders, but eat their bread with impure hands. Now, the, the thing is, we have to be very careful because sometimes 
Amen. Tradition can mess you up. Tradition can stop you from moving forward in your life because you think that you have to do something special in order to get revelation from God. And you ain't got to do that because you are blood bought now. Hello, somebody. You are now, Jesus took care of all of that. All of the requirements that needed to be done for a person to be cleansed has been done on the cross. Are you with me? And look what he says. And he said to them, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you what? <laughs> Jesus is cold, lady. What did Jesus call him? <laughs> you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me. Come on, somebody. You see, here's the thing. If you're not careful as a believer, your stage of truth can be built upon the wrong thing. Where tradition trumps scripture. Or tradition trumps truth. Are y'all with me? So he says, these people, they honor me. This is the same thing I talked about in James last week. They honor me with their lips. Can I ask something? Is your heart really for God? Is your heart really for God? Like a brook that pants after water. Do you, are you a God chaser? Or are you just got lip service for God? See, because this is where the rubber meets the road as it pertains to development and growth in your Christian life. And the reason why I want you to develop discernment is because the times that we live in, there will be people that come to pull you away from the truth with their tradition. Ah, come on, help me somebody. But Jesus said, I warn you about these people. I prop, listen, Isaiah prophesied about these people. He, Jesus now is quoting Isaiah 29 and 13. And look what he says. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is what? Far away from, let me ask you tonight. The closeness of God brings you to a place of discernment. In proximity. And proximity has to do with sanctification. Girl, you've been listening. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's sanctification. That we're not just saying how much we love him. In our hearts, we're drawing closer to him. And if our tradition is not, uh, if our tradition is not the way we want it to be, the chair is not where we want it to be. That's why I like to switch stuff up in church. <laughs> I do. I like to move stuff around, move chairs, move tables and all kinds of stuff. Because sometimes we get comfortable in the same place. Hello, somebody. I don't mind trying something new. Because it's not really what's going on on the outside. It's really what's going on on the inside. And listen, a pair of lips will tell you just about anything. And Jesus even said it right here. Here's what he said. He said, hey, with their lips they honor me, huh? but their hearts were what? Far from me. Look at verse 7. But in vain do they what? 
Listen, I don't want my worship to be in vain. In vain. You know what that word means? In vain. You know what it means? Ready for this? No purpose. What'd you come here for tonight? Well, I have to be here because I'm obligated. No, 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 that's tradition. You're not obligated. I hope you're obligated to God. I hope you came with a purpose to worship him and receive rhema revelation from him through the man of God. Hello, somebody. The rhema means spoken word. Amen. Revelation means written word. Amen. God reveals himself in the word. So he says, in vain do they what? Do they worship me? Teaching as doctrines, watch this, as doctrines, the precepts, the precepts of what? Of what? Of men. That word precepts means religious teaching. So what are they teaching? What are they teaching? They're teaching man-made religion. You know, I always hear this, people say, oh, you study theology? Theology is, is, is man-made. No, it's not. Theology is a study of God. Tr- tradition is a study of man. <laughs> man-made religion. Man-made stuff. Do you understand that some, some things we do in church is from the Greek culture? Hmm. If you were taking church history, you understand that. A lot of it is from uh, pagan practices. Some of the stuff we do in church. <laughs> Jesus never commanded us to do some of that stuff. What's up with women in red day? Tell me where that came from. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, these annual days and all this other stuff we have, you know, I'm just saying, it's nowhere in Scripture. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that some people get so caught up in the days and in the works that their hearts fall from God. You and I will never become discerning if we're not really worshiping with a pure heart, if we're not just giving God lip service rather than life service. Hello, somebody. You hear what I said? Remember I said this last week. Some of us are comfortable with auditing the Christian life rather than taking it for credit. Amen. Auditing means you have no responsibility. If you go to college, you come to seminary, you don't want to do take the exams and write the papers and all that kind of There's no responsibility. You're just comfortable with coming and listening, getting information, but it's not benefiting you because you ain't taking the exam to see if you grew. You grew. See? Go ahead. Go. All right? Watch this. Watch what he says next. And, I, and we're going we're gonna to break off here in a second. Look what it says, verse 8. See, here's the problem with tradition. They're neglecting the what? The what? The commandment of what? Of God. You hold to the what? To the tradition of men. Verse 9. He was also saying to them, you are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your... Listen, you're setting aside God's word... In order to keep your traditions. Now, if your stage of truth is based on tradition, 
emotion, experience, and not scripture, you will never be a discerning person. No. Speaking in tongues has to do with emotion and experience, actually both. Some people think if they don't speak in tongues, they did, they're not saved, that's doctrinal, but they didn't have an experience today. You know, what, what, we're, what we're after, saints, is that we can walk into any situation, any church, any Bible study, wherever, and we can discern whether or not that's truth or that's error. That's where I'm trying to get you to. But before I can get you there, I have to give you a good working definition, which we've been doing for the last three weeks, a good working definition of what discernment looks like, but, but biblically what it's supposed to be in your life. You're with me? And if you are standing on tradition, now let me say this to y'all real quick. Many of us have, our stage of truth has been built on tradition. Experience and emotion. Nobody has ever told you that's not how it's supposed to be. But that's why I'm telling you now. So what we have to do is dismantle that, but it's going to be real hard to do that if you're not open to the word of God coming in to dismantle or change your belief. So here's, here's what, what needs to happen. Your belief system needs to change. Listen. You know, you know, when you see a person get angry, so here it is. You have, the inner, you have the inner person, you have the outer person. Your behavior shows what's going on inside of you. You with me? Follow me? If I trouble your belief system, if I, if I agitate your belief system, outwardly you will show it. Either by your anger, your disagreement, you follow what I'm saying? All of that. Your behavior shows what's going on in your heart. Amen. All right? Person say, oh, I'm just upset because he said such and such. No, he messed with your belief system. Like I'm messing with some of your belief systems tonight. Amen. Because you've always taught, you've always had in your mind or you've been taught the wrong way. And when you've been taught the wrong way, right, you didn't know any better because you entrusted your life to someone that they would do it the right way. But Jesus said, listen, look what y'all doing. Y'all are literally taking the commandments of God. And what are you doing? You're literally throwing it out. That's really what he's saying here. Verse nine. And they were saying to them, he said to them, you're experts at setting it aside. You know what they were doing? They were taking the scriptures and they were making it convenient for their circumstance. That's what some of us do. We want discernment, but we won't do it biblically. We want it on our terms, not on God's terms. Y'all with me? You with me? So he says, you're setting aside the commandment. All right? Let me read on, and then, then I'm going to break up. I, I only got time to do one scripture. Look what it says, verse 10. 
For Moses said, honor your father. Now, now he, Jesus now, let me show you how brilliant Jesus is. Jesus now in his writing, he gives them an illustration of what he's talking about. An example. Some of us need an example. What is the pastor talking about? Let me give you an example. He says, for Moses said, this is what Moses said. This is what he means by, by the commandment. Moses said what? Honor your father and what? Mother. And he who speaks evil of his father and mother is to be put to death. See, back in the day, they didn't play. Right? You talk about your mama and daddy, you didn't honor, they would stone you to death. Children act right because they know death was on the horizon. Hello, somebody. But here's the thing. It's like that now. You don't honor your parents. Guess what? You die in a different kind of way. Everything you try won't succeed. Everything you try to do will fall apart. Because the Bible says your parents deserves honor. Got me? Now look what they said. But you say, see how they change it? If a man says to his father and mother, whatever I have that would help you uh, is carbon. This is to say given to God. See that? You're no longer permitting him to do anything for his father or his mother or his mother. So in other words, what they did was they changed it to fit their circumstance. So what they were saying here is this. If I can help my mama, man, if I have it, I'll give it to you, mom, but I ain't got it. See, see what I'm saying? But the Bible didn't say that. Bible says honor them all the way through. But what they were doing, they were changing it to fit them. Kind of like what we do with scripture now. We cannot be discerning if we don't know how to rightfully cut the word. Cut it straight. Right? And here's the thing. As a student of the word, you got to stop tonight and ask yourself a question. Am I just doing lip service or am I doing life service? Because life changes when you move from tradition, emotion, and experience to biblical, biblically applying it or applying the word of God to your life. Watch, what. look at verse 13. Thus, what do you do? What is it? Invalidating what? So check this out. You could be reading the scriptures, right? You could be quoting the scriptures. You could be walking around saying, my God will supply all my needs. Right? You could be uh, trusting the Lord with all my heart. Lean not to your own understanding. You could be saying, God is good to me. John, you could be saying what? Great as he is me and me. But guess what? Because you are traditional and you're not applying it correctly to your life, because you're waiting for something to happen rather than taking it for what it is, it becomes invalidated in your life. That word invalidate means to revoke. So you can have the right thing and it does not have the same power that it's supposed to have in your life. Watch this. Because you're invalidating it or changing it to fit you and not taking it for what it really is. If God says do this, you do that. But what we do at times, we change it because we want it to fit our situation. You know what also that word means? 
That means literally to invalidate means to revoke the authority. Whoa. Can you imagine you have the word and it's not doing nothing for you? It's not changing your thinking. It's not changing your attitude. It's not changing your mind. It's not changing your life. You just pretty much just going through the motion in church. And anybody could say anything to you and then you're going to run into them. Yeah, what you say now? And they can fool you with false doctrine. Tradition, yes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. He says you're invalidating the word of God by your tradition. See, so in other words, which you have handed down and you do many things such as this. And then Jesus goes on to talk about in verse 14 when I come back, okay, I'll show you where the, where the other issue is. But let me say this about what Sister Hunt just said. Here's the thing, y'all. That's exactly what we do. We keep repeating it. We keep repeating it. We write it down. We do all this stuff. But if it isn't changing us, it means something. You know what it means? It means somewhere, somehow, my state of truth needs to be rearranged so that Scripture is first and everything else.